0: Welcome to the b-side from the film stage. Here we talk about movie stars and movie directors but not the movies that made them famous or kept them famous, but the ones they made in between. It may shock you, it may terrify you, and if you're lucky you just might make it out alive.
1: Come on and join me
0: on the b-side with movie stars that were you gonna like it on the B side cuz you got Dan and by your, side. your knowledge from the
1: inside
2: and now you to the B-side.
1: Hello everybody welcome to the B side from the film stage Happy Halloween Connor how are you doing
0: I'm are good. You scared are you feeling scared I'm terrified uh, okay. You know it's it is funny we are going to talk about some topics that are that are horrifying Sure, that's uh, a good point, so actually. That's is, a good it's start. It's kind
1: of, you know... Far more unsettling than I thought it would be. Um, but I mean that mostly as a compliment. So, as you know, if you listen, every Halloween, we try to take a B-side angle at the holiday. Obviously, a very popular holiday for cinephiles, and as much as just, you know, a great time to revisit horror classics. It's not even a
0: holiday anymore at this point, right? It's basically a season. It's like its sure. own... It's a good just, point. Yeah. It's a good point. A so, way of life, if you're yeah, me. Yeah. A way of
1: life. 31 days of, you know, very, people tend to do the 31 days of, you know, watch a horror movie every day, what have you. And so, um, as always, we have our lovely friend Gavin Mevius with us. Hi. Um, now, if is scary. <laughs>
2: Hello. Oh, <laughs> Hello. Hey. So so Gavin,
1: uh, <laughs> Gavin, as you know, if you listen to us, you must know this, is the co-host of the Mix Reviews podcast, which they got a Patreon now. Their content's never been hotter. Who'd you just do? I was just listening. Faye Dunaway. Fate Dunaway. Off the presses. Yeah.
2: We got a um, we got a Halloween episode coming up that'll probably come out after this episode, but before Halloween. Th- oh, that's cool. my promise. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah.
1: And yeah, you guys always do a great you cover, and I'm not I'm gonna get it wrong, but you've done like vampire movies, right? Zombie yep. movies, you know, stuff like that. Which yeah. I always appreciate. Because I'm not, and I've said this a million times on the podcast, you know, this is not my time. You know, <laughs> like let me, you know, we talk I
0: we, feel like this a, subject though is, you know,
1: he's got he kinda Yeah, well, so Roger Corman. Is who we're gonna talk about. Ever heard of him. Yeah. Ever heard of him. And and you're you're right, in as much as like he he was known as the king of the bees, and a moniker he did not appreciate. Yeah. I mean, I think he I think he he didn't appreciate it, though he understood it. He was an interesting guy. Obviously, Corman's World is an easy recommendation, the documentary from 10 years ago that I'm sure we'll reference a lot in our discussion. Um,
2: certainly, an interesting guy. Um, also, bees are so important. They make yeah, honey. Bees are they, great. They, you know, they, they do a, like they a, a have service lives. Yeah, we like, yeah. you know
1: from the Queen Latifah picture. I
2: mean, secret life of bees. Right? Guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I saw it from guys, a Queen Latifah right? guys, episode. Wait, so, Where are you going, the Zoom, Go We're recording. Go going.
1: Guys,
0: what's, guys, the, na- what's the, the, Michael, what, the what's the Michael? What's the what's the Michael Kane The swarm. <laughs> The swarm. The swarm, yeah. the bees. So I
2: think those might be hornets. Yeah. Yeah. you fucking idiot Connor, <laughs> am I wrong don't about that maybe I'm wrong about realize. that
0: no I think yeah. it's bees only because in my brain I can hear Michael Caine being like Connor, these bees are dangerous they're very dangerous bees, hey, bees. there's a whole swarm uh, coming Jules all way like it's <laughs> uh, see
1: that just became a nightmare I
0: like
2: that both of your impersonation is him like in the hurry sundown mode yeah. Otto Preminger style <laughs> uh, I'm a southern man he's uh,
1: a yeah. sundown son Yeah, sundown yeah. it's do
2: right. uh, eh? don't you She's sass me,
1: Jane Fonda? She was only fifty. <laughs> um, no, but so Corman, we're going to focus on three movies that he directed. But there's a million, and we'll talk about them. A lot of them, I'm sure. So the three we're going to zero in on to some degree is 57's Not of This Earth, uh 62's The Intruder, also known mm-hmm. by like forty other titles, Shame and. Like a, I, a couple hate, of I hate turtles. your guts
0: i think is one of them and uh yeah yep
1: yeah. and uh finally his last directorial effort frankenstein unbound certainly not a b-side but we're gonna cheat and just do it because it's not mask of the red death you know yeah, it's not, I, I think the one you know, when i
0: pitched this to you dan because again Raven, he's made right. so many so like even the intruder, in its own way, is kind of not. I didn't
1: am- realize he made like six Poe movies in a row.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was our one kind of stipulation was just so not, somebody not has to Poe. listen to the Vincent Price episode. <laughs> no, I did.
1: <laughs> I did. I did. I did. But I guess I just, I guess I didn't, because it was a Vincent Price episode. Right. Right. In my mind, like Corman doing all of them. You know what? You know what it is. I'll tell you exactly what it is. I and this is totally just me. Once again, this is just not my bag you know, in terms of genres, I think of them as hammer movies, you know? Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they are Like, are in adjacent. my mind, yeah, I'm like, oh, sure. yeah, Vincent Price. He made all those movies, the, the hammer movies, the Poe movies, you know? Yeah, sure. But, Corman, obviously, Corman isn't hammer. And we talked no. about, um, what, who was it? Who, uh, Peter. Peter Cushing. Cushing. And so, we talked about hammer a little bit on one of the la- one of the you know, Gavin, you've been with us for many Halloweens. Yeah, you're, so this is like you're them. an
0: eight-timer now, something like that. Yeah.
1: Corey Everett, suck on that. I think Cor- well, we, Corey just did five,
0: right, for Keaton? Right? Yeah, he just hit five. So, he's oh, not so even- Corey got
1: the jacket. No. He's not even <laughs> close. No, we told him there was no jacket. He doesn't know you have one. Uh, but, um, but so anyway, Corman's an interesting guy. And Gavin, maybe I'll pass to you just to kind of – talk about corman for a minute you know and even in both of you guys honestly because i think you both know way more than i do about him in general um i certainly learned a lot from i mean i think the starting point aside from the movies is just like he's one of these guys where like think of a director you love chances are they worked with him you know early on right or like tangentially you know, he yeah, either as a career.
0: writer or they directed movies for him yeah, or they right. were cinematographers or whatever. And even um, like
1: Robert De Niro, obviously, yeah, you know, Jack Matt, Nicholson, know he's directed Jack Nicholson, he's directed, but, you know, known as being movie stars like they stood, They came up, you know, they got their first breaks in Roger Corman movies, you know. So anyway, I'll pass it to Gavin. Tell us a little bit about Roger Corman.
2: I will say I was thinking about that the other day about how he is. um not single-handedly responsible for the new hollywood but he his fingerprints are sort of all over that because yeah. of all the people that he worked with and the directors he hired and as you mentioned you know de niro and nicholson and and really laying the groundwork for how do they make these movies so cheap and like what are yeah what are the ways in which they like get into these films it, I mean, famously, uh, The Little Shop of Horrors, not Little Shop of Horrors, the musical, but The Little Shop of Horrors was a film that he had a set for 24 hours before it was going to be torn down. And he made the entire movie in 24 hours. Right. So it it was this sort of um, both like high concept but also fastidious nature that he had that he sort of was able to pass on to this generation of filmmakers uh in a way that films hadn't really been made before because you know everything was a big studio affair and everything had this funding behind it And he just didn't have any of that well
1: and he you know in something i guess i knew but i didn't really function to until diving in a little bit for this episode is like the big thing with him was like make the money for the movie before you shoot the movie. So you're like always operating in the black to some degree. Right. So it's like, it's like, it's basically like he, it was always his money. Right. So it was always very much. he, he, He was always very shrewd about every dollar. Right. Right. But he always kind of famously said he never lost a penny on any movie, maybe except for, you know, our La- I mean movie, later. Yes, some of the which we can yeah, get into. Some Obviously, of the Frank ones we we'll about bound was was definitely a flop, and but that I think was a little different. But but when he was really in the new world zone, that was always kind of one of his claims. And I think, what do you think about nowadays? You know, in that kind of independent film range, you know, pre-selling territories is kind of the more modern version of that, sure, right? Where right. it's like, you know, if you ask yourself. You know, and obviously Bruce Willis is now retired for health reasons and whatnot. But like if you're ever someone who's like, "What? why are there so many Bruce Willis DTV movies? Or like Nicolas you know, Cage. John like, Cusack, yeah, yeah It's because they can pre-sell the international territories and basically like make their money back and then like make the movie on the cheap. And those movies will sell over there. Right. So it's like a sure bet in a lot of these territories and I'm saying territories countries. Right. But it's like, just in terms of the economics and like international markets. Right. And it's, so it's like, that's how, that's why there's that industry. Like if you go to the Cannes film festival, right. People always think of the red carpet and the 20 big movies and you know, whatever at, you know, anatomy of a fall and you know, blah, 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 blah. But really if you go to that, the palais, right. The, the like basement floor is the marketplace. Right. And every one of those movies is getting sold. You know what I mean? So it's like that's that whole world. And Corman kind of predates all that, but his movies went to theaters. They played at drive ins, right? It's like they were they had a little bit of a zest to
0: them. And maybe people felt differently at the time, right? Like so maybe there's a rose colored glasses thing to it. But he almost operated in a smaller version of the mentality that maybe is kind of like ruining things in the streaming world, you know, of like, how much can we dumb down what people will accept and take so that we can make these, you know, so that we can make these things cheaper. And I think for him, it's, it's in such a small pocket that, that it did I think really he had matter,
1: an eye man. for talent though right sure. and this brings us back to kind of his discoveries and giving people chances like he if you could keep the money you know if you could stay within the budget he would let you do whatever you wanted right like you know and, and you know it's, you know if you could if you would have a nudity scene if you'd have an explosion right what have you a car chase you can make whatever movie you wanted in the in the margins and like you know um, Ron Howard directs his first movie with right. Roger Corman, right? Grand Theft Auto, Scorsese, right? which is a success yeah. says he makes boxcar Bertha, right? It's like, these are real directors and they're really good directors. Right. And I think, you know, like Jack Nicholson directs days on some of his early movies. Right. Like, yeah. you know, and he ended up being a very, you know, solid director in his own right. Like, and I think. I mean, shit. Bogdanovich
0: takes half of a right, targets. Yeah, it takes sure. half of a Corman movie and uh, and uses it to make targets, right? So right. right,
1: and so I think it's one of those things where I just think nowadays I don't know that you're seeing that eye for ability, or 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 you're not seeing the latitude to let them paint. Sure, right. right. I think it's something of a mix right it's like I think there's a lot to be said I think you know he's obviously less is more comes to mind when you watch these movies and then I think in the right moments Corman was good at being more is more right where it's like he knew when to pick his spots and I think either like with something like Frankenstein Unbound we could talk about you know you see it there you know you certainly see it um, you certainly see it in something like The Intruder I mean it's funny because The Intruder the is intruder's kind of an outlier because it's like a, a serious drama go ahead Kevin.
2: right but i i will say and and we talked about exploitation films a little bit when we did our pam greer episode on the Mixer reviews another
1: person who yeah, part we, of, we, of yeah, that rockstar stuff absolutely
2: yeah. um they pushed her out of a plane but um, yeah. <laughs> yep. the uh it, the, the thing about exploitation movies, too, is that you know, mainstream movies are made for a mainstream audience, so they have to be hammered down into what is most pal- palatable sure. for the masses. And the thing about exploitation movies is they are allowed to discuss the things that maybe other movies are not allowed to discuss at that time, knowing that their audience is going to be smaller, knowing that they're probably not going to make as much on the back end as they would as something as big and grand as, you know... Uh, a walt disney picture or something like that and obviously corman's not gunning for the disney market but but you know that so there he is able to lay political messages into them and and play around with that uh a couple months ago actually maybe only last month uh i went to spectacle which is my favorite tiny one room theater in new york city it's in williamsburg and they were showing Roger Corman's The Student Nurses, which was the first film or the second film by Steph- Stephanie Rothman. I think she directed a horror movie before then. And, uh, and he basically like he came to her and he he was like, I want you to make this movie about student nurses. And my one caveat is, is like whatever problem these women have in their lives, they can't rely on their boyfriends to fix them. And then he said, quote, you know, he was. Making these movies that are, quote, contemporary dramas with a liberal left-wing viewpoint and some R-rated sex and humor, end quote. And then basically went on vacation. (laughs) <laughs> and let her make whatever she wanted and the, and and it was a huge the the first student nurses was a huge success a new world pictures that like launched them and and then there was like a series of young nurse films which i haven't seen any of the rest of them Steph- stephanie rothman's not seen any of the rest of them uh because she did not come back uh but but i lo- i loved this movie and i i think because she was you know because of the freedom that he allowed his yeah. filmmakers and because he has like a viewpoint that he's willing to push, but also like not be worried about how it's perceived by the audience at large, knowing the places that he can make the money without like even though it is exploitation, like it is exploitation by name, not really exploiting the audiences, though that is part of it. Sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I think yeah, Julie Corman, his wife. Um, who honestly w- one of the big revelations from the Corman's world doc, doc was um, understanding how involved she was from like 1970 on like basically from the inception of New world because Corman made a lot of his early movies with um, uh, under the American International banner,
0: right? So yeah it was American international and, and allied artists at one point.
1: yeah and he kind of started his own thing um, at the end of the decade, right and that became New world for the next two decades and so i think and you know like you know uh julie corman who talked about kind of the freedom that he would provide everybody you know she produced night call nurses she produced the student teacher she produced boxcar bertha right she produced a lot of these movies and so i think and even like for example we talked to um carl franklin was on our podcast what a couple months ago yeah and we briefly talked to him about thank you about um Working with Corman because yeah. he made two or three movies with like Todd Field. Todd Field was involved Todd Field was too, in a couple yeah. of them, yeah. And so Franklin talked about just you know the low budgets, but like you know learning how to be efficient, learning how to work with non actors. You know, when they go to a country where they would employ kind of you know local workers to like be in this in the movie in some respect, you know, whatever it is. And so I think. You know, there's a lot of that where Corman was an all hands on deck guy. And I think, you know, very independent style, very progressive guy, which I think is important to say.
0: And um, and I think wouldn't, you know, it's not when you actually watch his movies, it's like not shocking to learn. Like, you know, it's like, right. he's clearly. Well, not on
1: this earth is so funny, right? Was that, now correct me in the doc, Connor, I know you just watched it. Was, was that where they make the joke about the telepathy or was that another movie in the doc where like. The movie oh. made no sense, so they just added all the tele like all the like. Oh, you know I, they're not saying lines of dialogue, yeah. but they're just communicating. It I don't remember if I, that
0: was specific, but the movie does kind of feel like that a little bit. I mean, well, there's yeah. like because yeah. like these aliens basically
1: are, you know, you know the quick plot is this guy named Johnson takes over a body, or he comes down. He doesn't take over a body. He comes down. I guess he does kind of take over a body. He comes down. He starts killing people for their blood. He's from another planet. And he takes on this persona he's got this chauffeur, he's got this chauffeur who's
0: I an escaped convict maybe or some a kind sure, of or like something a, like that and then it's yeah. like
1: and then it's like this nurse who' kind of the female protagonist who's like helping him with the transfusion and it's essentially you learn there's like a virus on his planet and he's gone he's come to earth to like figure out this blood virus which I will say and this is look and we'll talk about this to Corman's credit and his collaborators, it is clever you're kind of like yeah it, that's a cool idea it's interesting too like, there's to, a problem on another planet this guy has to figure out you know their COVID 19 problem except well blood
2: oh sorry go ahead the, what was that gavin is i'll let, I'll let connor because i think
0: connor is picking oh, okay. up the, well, no, i was gonna say there's a there are two versions of the film oh, okay and one version that was cut for tv which at it moves some things around and it adds something in the beginning where It takes the scene that reveals his actual mission and it like moves a portion of it to the very front of the movie. Like it's almost like a cold open. And then after that cold open, there is a like like a crawl that just, like, is very Twilight zone It's very, Which one like...
1: I, I, that's the one I watched, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: so that's not the one I watched. That's not the one uh, I but, watched either. I watched that uh, one for, but, like, 10 minutes, and then I was yes. like, I'm going to find the other one, but I'm glad so I when, did. So yeah. what's I, the
2: one you watched, then? It's, so it's not when,
0: that different. It just sorry keep going no no i was just gonna say you you texted about it and
2: i told you that there was two versions and so i did the same thing where i was like oh well i'll watch a little bit of the version with the crawl and then i'm just gonna switch to a better copy and i I did the same thing but the the thing that in the version that both connor and i saw is the disease is brought about by nuclear war yeah and so the the real threat is nuclear, yeah. and I think that's an interesting fear to play on for night when you th- think about the time period, absolutely 1957. But I also think it's really interesting to think about how you know the Japanese who suffered real, real damage and loss of lives and and irreplaceable harm due to nuclear invent Godzilla, which is something that does the same thing, right. like you know, in- sure. irreparable damage and to us in the u.s the threat is so abstract that we're like i don't know alien man blood poisoning like he comes in he's gonna drink our yeah, blood to the point to the yeah. point right.
0: where you know when when we got our hands on godzilla we were like oh well we got to put perry mason in it and we got to right, right. like we're just <laughs> reframe it because it I does, do love doesn't make any the sense the american guts is so
1: funny with, with <laughs> it's the, just what, what is the what's
0: that actor's name it's uh uh Oh god! Why I mean, am I blanking? It's Perry Mason. It's fucking uh, is Burroughs? No, Burr uh, that... Bur, Raymond Burr. Raymond Burr. Bur, Raymond Burr. Bur. Bur. Raymond Christ! is in
1: that room, being like, "It's a big lizard." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like such a weird. Um,
0: but yeah, it uh, it's a a weird movie that I I kind of liked just because it feels like a perfect piece of fifties B
1: sure. sci fi. Do you know,
0: yeah. like, I, like. So I I did appreciate.
1: Well, this would have been 57. So, like, had the fly come out. The thing from another world, like when I'm trying to think of the other like stables. yeah, like things that read. Right, things. That, I mean, it's like not War as, of the Worlds was what fifty War of the Worlds the Fly, which actually also
0: features Paul Birch who plays the yes, alien 53. in this movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. he is fifty
2: three. He horrible. is in War Jane of the, Berry. Right. the Fly
0: is fifty eight, so it's a year. Right, later. So it's right
2: around that
1: time.
0: But yeah. it is. I don't think this movie is obviously as good as those, but it is just sure. one where if someone was like putting right. together some list of movies that fit this whatever i'd throw it in there i mean it's you know it's short it's whatever i yeah i i guess gavin you were the one when we reached out to you because i i picked our next movie and dan had picked our last movie and you were the one who picked this was there something about it that you were like
2: um i just knew that he had had issues on this film sure um, and obviously we, we talked about the recutting and whatnot but i like the also The idea that Paul Birch, who plays the lead alien, as you mentioned, um, quit the film, uh, leaving him him with no choice but to film many of his scenes with a stand in.
0: And they Um, so you couldn't see his eyes from the side. They had to like dress up his sunglasses. He, He basically walks around in an outfit that would be fitting of like a comical nineteen fifties like CIA spook. You know, yes. like yeah, he's yeah. in like a black he looks like a man he's a, a little one bit of the like men a in synamulant.
1: black. Like he's kinda not he doesn't have a lot of emotion, right? It's like
0: Yeah, and he so he has these like these like I'm making motions and you can't see them. But uh you know he he has these sunglasses that almost have like blinders on them basically yeah. the whole time. Yeah. And I do think part of that was to just both mask that his because when he takes off his glasses, you see that he his eyes are like white, right? Right. He's got and, cyclops, eyes.
2: And, 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 and and back then the the way that they would achieve that were these full eye thick pla- like hard plastic contacts. If you've ever and, seen
0: Diabolique, uh, yes, it's sort of
2: like that, and and no. Corman told Paul Birch like he needed to be ready to film at a moment's notice. Right. Going back to the idea that they're doing this sort of on the cheap and and so he made him wear those contacts like all, all day, day long. <laughs> and so Paul Birch was eventually just like, fuck this. I can't do this anymore. It's
0: yeah, it's interesting because it's... Uh, it
1: reminds me of the... What, who is it? Purifoy on the set of Vendetta?
0: Oh, Where yeah. He, he, like, like, he
1: like walked off after a week because he's like, I'm not wearing this mask all yeah. day. I'm not doing it. <laughs> um, so funny.
0: The and it's 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 funny because there you I mean, more than any not that plot always matter matters to a Corman movie or whatever. But there are like, I think, weird little things that get thrown into this movie that I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And they like, (laughs) don't it's just it's like if he had more money to make like a maybe a full proper movie with like an extra half hour in it. It's something that might get threaded through. But there's like a brief implication that like he figures out how to cure cancer, <laughs> like yeah. in, in doing his blood experiments and, uh, this doctor and this nurse who are kind of working with him sort of unwittingly. Cause they don't really know what he's up to, but they cure him of his ailment. And he realizes he can do the same back on his home, uh, his home planet. But in like talking through it with the nurse, yeah, Beverly
1: Garland and William Rorick.
0: Yes. Yeah. So he's yeah. talking with Beverly Garland and he's sort of walking through like very the very basics of like what happens with cancer right Right. and so it's just this thing of like well what if it's this instead and they like have this moment where you're like did that fucking guy just cure cancer (laughs) and it's like (laughs) can you come back come back not like wouldn't be a you know the least interesting thing to continue to thread through like ironically you know like the idea that you know his species probably has to harvest our planet to to do this <laughs> thing so that they can live, and at the same time, kills the you know the most pervasive killer of you know humans or whatever. Um, I'm saying that like I know I have no idea, but you know, this um, is
1: remind this is making me think of. Then you guys are gonna get so mad at me, but I'm just gonna say it anywhere. How in the trailer for the film K Pax the thing <laughs> the thing was the whole like It's kind of crazy... got a little i feel
0: like well i feel like k kapa's was kind of not of that he yeah he's he got does the sunglasses. sunglasses
1: the the whole thing was he eats a banana hole it was, was weird nice. when paul yeah. birch does that and <laughs> <tip. laughs> <laughs> was like this guy is he really alien? well he might because he ate a banana hole P- paul like, birch is like your I produce think. it is worth the trip alone like the skin of your bananas you're like oh, <sighs> all right dude, relax. um <laughs> i, I also just here.
2: on the topic of why i picked this i also just wanted to make sure that his 50s output was sure. Um, represented because that was the first five years like he started in 55 and um uh, the first five years of his and i i knew we probably weren't going to touch on anything and if we did touch on something that is an a side i think a bucket of blood is sort of the standout of his first five years of of filmmaking right Um, his first
1: real uh, right uh, uh, touchstone in a lot of respects it is just
0: nuts because it's like he just just to put it in perspective i mean he he produced so many movies. Yes. Right. I mean, he's currently and still he, alive. We should yeah. Say yeah you know, yes. He just got an alive. award at con speaking. Yeah. of, He did. Yeah yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And I mean, he's, but he's directed. So I think when people allude to how many movies he's made, they always talk about produced, which is hundreds, right? Like a yeah. lot of movies. Right. But even his directorial career is huge. It's like, <laughs> which, which
1: ended 35, you know, 30. Yeah, like it, it, yeah.
0: it goes from 55 to 90 and is like, v- very, prolific basically with a gap in the 70s like basically new world oh long gap no like a 18 year gap no but i'm saying up through literally like 71 he's like making tons of movies right Yeah, many a year yeah Yeah. um and then and then there's the gap but um but yeah i this one i'm glad you recommended it gavin because i yeah i don't know I, i i generally liked it i found it charming um well, and
1: also we should say gavin you are not of this earth so i think yes, yes correct that is, is also to it. say that you know you <laughs> want to see yourself up there on the screen yeah. so i think that's always yeah an, you
2: know and yeah. by me wanting to see myself up on the screen you mean i am the umbrella vagina monster that's <laughs> Which, admittedly saying, insane but I appreciate yeah. there's, there's also brother a, brother a, like but, a yeah.
0: random vat of rabies blood in the yeah. fridge at the like. It's one, vet, of, it's one of that it's one of those know, they things just keep it around th- there's well, a, you know how you get you know how there's just a jar filed. of rabid blood <laughs> do you do you want do you want a
2: fun little halloween uh thing for you yeah. have a friend who's a vet and you can't test for rabies until after an animal has died and then you have to remove its head sure. in order to so she has had to remove the heads of many dead dogs oh, to test no. for rabies. Damn. That's-
0: Happy <laughs> Halloween, <and> everyone. <laughs> okay, well, that's the episode. If you <laughs> like what you've heard, please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh- <laughs> Damn, that's but, brutal. But yeah,
1: I no, I'm, I actually I, did not know that. I mean, I don't know why I would know that.
0: Yeah, that's No, crazy. I
1: didn't. Know, but
2: I mean, yeah, why, why, why would you? Well, shout out to your friend <laughs> who's... Van Helsing. Bed- Bed
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Hugh Jackman.
2: Your friend is Hugh Jackman. Uh, or so, Kate Beckinsale. So that's he, that's he, her big life secret. She's living life to the fullest now. <laughs> uh, Hugh Jackman.
0: So this so movie, he just to be clear, he directs one, two, three, four, five, six, seven other movies this, this yawn, year. Right? Yawn. Yeah. Make it uh, nine. Crazy. Make it nine. He directs five the following year, uh, three the year after that, uh four the year after that we're coming up on our next one three the year after that so like a lot and in there are the ones we talked about in terms of uh, he makes for instance he makes machine gun kelly which i believe right. is charles bronson's first performance yeah. or if if
2: not thereabouts um, and correct me if i'm wrong like one of his
0: financially one of his biggest hits yes ever. that like yeah. i think kind of and it, i think was a little more like It was a more seriously regarded, you know, like which I think is maybe a nice segue into our next movie. But it so it it was certainly some of that like better critical acclaim that he had like earnestly gotten in his career at that point. And um, and basically that gets you that period also takes you through, like we mentioned before, the Poe movies, which were are probably the thing that I think other than the general vibe of exploitation movies like i think the poe movies are the things that would probably like come up in your mind if someone mentioned roger corman probably that would be my guess that's certainly what i think of first. yeah
1: i would think the what i think of you know as like a kind of a lay person in terms of like his output would be the poe movies which obviously i thought weren't even we talked about earlier, like I only vaguely was were, were, was aware that he did all of them, and then but the the first one I think was probably the Wild Angels. Oh, interesting, interesting. right? Okay, you know, just because I well, okay, I've seen it, which I guess is something, but like yeah. you know, Peter Fonda right before Easy Riders, which or Easy Rider, which yes. which you know yeah. is is a, is a turning point for everything, and you know which you know Corman was supposed to be a part of, but it fell apart, which is a whole thing, but like.
0: Um, he kind of feels yeah. like he was on the prom committee for the prom. Everybody else got crowned at a little bit. You <laughs> yeah, know, like...
1: but, but but I think w- w- what I liked about the doc, in as much as you know, it's obviously a canon. It's canonizing him, which is its intention, which I you know is fine. But I do what I did like was it kind of acknowledges that it is by choice. Like he kind of oh, his never... path. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he. He, I'm sure he could have, you know, taken a swing, right? Well, and think, really try, you know. I, I think that is you a know, good segue. Intruder. Yeah, I think yeah, that's the the good segue. Is a segue. Is an attempt yeah, for sure, definitely. You know, him is. and his brother adapt a book that's, you know, kind of a, you know, a controversial book. You can tell. You can tell. The yeah, little, it's
0: basically so he and his brother uh, Gene, Gene, yeah, Gene, yeah, yep. uh, kind of endeavor to make this book uh, adapt this book. um called The Intruder by Charles Beaumont. Charles Beaumont also writes the screenplay. Is that the same Charles Beaumont that would write for The Twilight Zone? I think maybe, I can, yes, because it is. he is you.
2: a novelist,
0: so... We're yeah, he was a Charles writer of classic. The, oh, he wrote the Howling Man, which is literally like maybe yeah, the it's... greatest Twilight Zone. Oh, so. the, oh, the so. Howling Man's my favorite. Yeah, it's episode. So it's, yeah, good. it's my the, second favorite. It's the Devil in the monastery. Spoilers. What? Yeah. Anybody, honestly, don't everybody, know take twenty, take twenty two minutes. Pause right now. Watch that the the Howling Man. It's It's so good. And also, just watch characters.
2: Five characters in search of an exit. Just also, just also It's my favorite. He also wrote
1: the screenplay for The Mask of the Red Death.
2: Yes. yes. Wait, yeah, wait, yeah.
1: What's your favorite Gavin?
2: Five Characters in Search of an Exit. The, oh, the
1: Christmas I love episode, yeah. That so good. One. That's that so might good. be my
2: favorite.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> but no, so Charles
1: Beaumont. yeah. Yeah, totally. just ta- yeah, so you-
0: talented, socially minded guy is kind of my yeah, point sure, there. Sure, sure, sure. Um and basically it's set in the early 60s, so it's contemporaneous, right? Uh it's set in the early 60s about a man named Adam Kramer who arrives in this fictional small southern town that I think is suppo- it's supposed to be in Alabama because I believe sure. at one point yeah. there's like a map on the wall and you only catch it at, at a glance. It's like in the diner or whatever or maybe in the hotel, but I think it's Alabama. It looked like Alabama, but I'm not sure. Um, but arrives in this town called Caxton uh, and basically... Shows up to like stir up some shit because he's, the, a, he's the literally town, a rabble rouser. Yeah, he's a rabble yeah, rouser who's he's basically a chaos showing agent up
1: for white supremacists. Yes, he's yeah. a white
0: supremacist who's showing up to stir the pot essentially right on the eve of the town integrating, right? Well,
1: and, and, and being forced to integrate. By yeah, law. and it's, it, I, which like I think, I think the atmosphere is really well happen.
0: rendered in that regard yeah. because it really is like this thing of like. It's not like painted as some idyllic thing that he comes into right. and, and and unearths ugliness. It's like, it's an ugly, no, it's an ugly place, yeah. right? But but everyone's kind of just like, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be the law. We may as well fucking deal with it, whatever. Well, right. no, they like,
1: literally like, we tried. Yeah, yeah, it, exactly. It, it is exactly. the law.
0: They're, yeah. we,
1: we failed. Yeah, and so, so it's, it's happening. I, I, it the... I, I think it is,
0: I think, basically, I think this movie is like, Mostly very well observed, except for the very end. Yeah. Um, and we'll get sure. we'll, I mean, and we'll get there. But it's it's I don't it's know how, I don't know if you want to end the movie a different way. I'm just it's kind of funny because I think the movie's like pretty well rendered for like, yeah, this feels icky well, and, and gross, but like weird. correct, you know, like it, it, in terms of the way it's representing like how certain weird, people might behave. Uh,
1: yeah, what's weird about the ending. And I was thinking about this a lot is I think, you know, I don't love phrases in today's world of like we're post-truth and all this stuff, right? That being said, I kind of understand it in the guise of the ending of this movie or just even kind of what this movie is approaching to, which is like, well, if you reveal people for who they are, other people will get it.
0: Where, you know, and I right, think and, there, I, and I don't know, know how true time. that is. I guess. Is,
1: well, no, that's yeah. yeah. So my so what we're saying is, yeah. that I think for a long time, there was a very real sense of that in narratives and in sure. life, right. right? And I just think that, sadly, does not exist, right. In the way we assumed it to or thought it did, right. whatever
2: you want to say. Right. And so I think w- what you're end... saying is that we're post-truth. <laughs> well, I
0: was <laughs> dancing
1: around it, Gavin, but, uh, but I, thank you for post truther. <laughs> but it
0: should be noted. So this 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 titular intruder is uh <laughs> yeah. is played by William Shatner. William Shatner, sure. Yeah. Very good. Okay, tw- I think. Twilight Zone yeah, attendee yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh Gavin, when was Star Trek? This is it's Star Trek Adjacent. Right. Uh, it's 66. It's 66 oh, okay. to sixty eight. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So it is. Yeah. So it this is pre Star Trek. Pre Star yeah. Trek. So it, that's kind of. I was trying to pin yeah, that the down because it is, is three years. It is 66, kind of interesting. 66, I, yeah. I think Shatner's very good in this movie. I think he's great for, for yeah. whatever yeah. for whatever that means. In so far as like he's you know it's he's vile right, but like well he's, you know it's
1: it's it's giving
0: I hate to, you know it's giving Edward Norton in
1: American History X sure. right where it's like.
0: The, yeah the, i the guess movie,
1: the movie <laughs> the movie isn't maybe as good as
0: yeah the lead right i think the difference right. too though i I feel like the twilight zoning adjacentness of this whole thing it was sticking out to me because he just he feels like the devil like he he is right. charming right. Was, he's very charming yeah you know he's charismatic which,
2: very sure. which i don't want to i don't i almost don't want to give that comparison because there are people i mean clearly there are people like this who for some reason are able to tap into sure. these, the most awful nature of humans and and make them agree with them and bring them along for the ride and obviously like that's on those people as much as it is on the person who's but you know here's the thing that i kept thinking about during this movie and i have a couple things real quick but first of all um he keeps saying he belongs to this society did mm. the, oh, the patrick, patrick henry, henry society society the... do you think that that was real i
0: don't even think I don't that think... he
2: I think he's like a lone wolf, which is yeah, even I, scarier. I think he's making. I think he's
0: making it up as a way to just give himself credence. Right is is the vibe because it like gives himself importance. And, I mean, and you know, Patrick Henry, "Give me liberty, give me death." Right, right like right. it's it feels like a very easy name to kind of just cherry pick that that um, people would have Im- immediately. It, yeah, and, and that
2: know. led me to the thought process of: Does he truly even believe? What he's saying, which is even scarier, That's a, you because know, honestly, then I didn't even
0: consider that. That's a fascinating Because he's question. just there for chaos. Yeah, he's just right. there like, to be like, I'm sowing this racial chaos, and he does. And I, I this is going to be so reductive, and I hate that I'm even making this comp or whatever. But he does also do like the Joker thing. Where, yeah. he, where he like changes his origin up, you know, where people yeah. like people ask where he's from and he says he's from a different like whatever might in that moment elicit the most friendliness or the like, you know, would ingratiate himself the most to a given person is like what he right. kind of tells them. It's like all that stuff is really, really, I think, cool to watch. Like th- this movie just had me thinking like and I don't want to undermine Corman's like you know, th- thriftiness as a filmmaker and what he's clearly like built his body of work on or put it down. But I feel like this movie is like really well directed. Oh yeah. And yeah, so, it, so. Is, it is the kind of thing that there is a part of me that is a little bit like, Oh man, if you really just kept at it, like, do you know what I mean? Like if right. you just uh, if you kind of just applied yourself this way to like every, and I get like this movie was a flop and I think. Right. It, and and nobody wanted it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, like, it, like Seven Arts bought
2: it originally, and then they were like, "No." And the United Artists, Allied Artists, Inter- American International Pictures, which was his like, yeah, you know, cash cow, were like, "No,
0: like don't make this movie." And like, I don't, I, you know, you can't. I I don't blame that. You like, I can. T- like, there's not. It's not a palatable. Movie, it's a tough watch. Like, and even with the ending that tries to kind of give as much come up as it can,
1: the ending, you know, (laughs) like you were saying earlier, Gavin, you know, the people who are buying in are as complicit as Adam, you know, Kramer himself. And this movie does not think that, right? And I think that certainly is something as a viewer in twenty twenty
2: three you have to wrestle with. I mean, how. Uh, And like, not to spoil anything, there's a there's a character there's a character who's who stands up for um, segregation or for desegregation in the film and is beaten, yeah, um, physically to the point where. And here's the thing: within like an Uh, inch of his life, basically. Yeah, Yeah. Corman has said that the reason that this movie failed is because it's so blunt. I think this movie's strength is actually that it's so blunt. I think. i would rather it not pussyfoot around it so this man is beaten to the point where he loses an eye yeah. yeah like he's basically told he would have died and his wife in the hospital room as he's like just woken up for the first time is basically like i'm still against segre- i mean i'm still against you know that's integration, kind of then. the shit that i
0: really liked about the movie and, though but, right like but i believe
2: yeah. in you and yeah. it's just like you're fucked up lady yeah, like yeah. you like, like well,
1: then it cuts immediately. Is it the is it the father in law who's like says to the daughter, right? His granddaughter, I think. Who he uh, he's like, how am I going to show my face to my friends? Yeah, you know, right. and his like son in law is like should yeah. be dead. You know, and his son in law
0: to be clear is like the guy who runs the local. Uh, yeah, he's like paper. he's like the editor of, yeah. of, the, yeah. of the local paper. And, right. Who, you know.
2: who Adam has sort of seduced his daughter. Yes. Right. Or, yeah. yeah
0: among I mean, the many people
1: it's a tough scene it, there's like two rape scenes basically yes In yeah the movie, there absolutely you know. are yeah, yeah. and so that's a
0: it, among many things. yeah there's is. a lot I, I mean we yes there's a lot that a lot is of slurs, yeah a lot, lot of a lot that's triggering a lot yeah. that's triggering about the movie but not none of it and especially when you consider the reputation of the filmmaker making it right it doesn't feel like an exploitation film like it feels right. all it feels very necessary like kind of right. to the to, and essential to the film and so i mean i like maybe losing an eye like i i guess you can you know you could say it kind of toes that line a little bit but it really does um he does lose his eye though he's
2: like he's literally like am i gonna lose the eye and his daughter's like you already did and yeah. i was just like oh Eyes fuck gone. Um, that, that I, I but but I do want to say like I think that's the problem with the with the contemporary critics as I do think that they were already on that bag of being like no we can't talk about that I mean the New York Times literally said in their review that um, the movie spewed so much anti-black venom and had so many ugly epitaphs it makes one squirm with distaste and uneasiness and that was corman's point that was what corman was was, attempting to do he was holding up the mirror yeah right um the when they talk uh, about in the dark gene talks about in the dock. they like barely got out of the south alive making the movie so they were in missouri so they actually weren't even in the south they were in the midwest and uh they they shot it in Missouri. They were run out of town and they realized last minute that they needed one more exterior shot of the school. So Corman and his cinematographer snuck back into the town and had to get the shot before the sheriff found out that they were back in yeah. town. And luckily oh nothing happened. Um, just to give you like uh, some other behind the scenes stuff. Um, he originally wanted Tony Randall for this role, which I, I think is also brilliant casting. I'm, I'm glad it's William Shatner. But like that a featness that affected a featness yeah. that tony randall has i mm-hmm. think would have been really cool but i also like i like the casting of shatner because they you know he's not southern yeah he like in li- in real life he's a canadian jew yeah like and so he uh, he's very much an outsider to this place already and he comes in as and does nothing to like change his affection but I, I do think it is interesting. There are scenes later in the film where he like starts slightly affecting just a southern mm-hmm. accent. Mm-hmm. And it's not overt. It's like kind of underneath. There's that scene where he's like, oh, we shouldn't you shouldn't have bombed that church. But I'm not here to cast dispersions. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, Jesus, like it, it is. It's a very scary
0: performance because it is incredibly charismatic and i mean this is going to sound like a backhanded compliment i mean i guess it is but like he's like just the right kind of wooden for this movie right like where it's like oh no that man has nothing behind the eyes right now yeah except yeah except when he like turns it on and you can like see him turn it on and it's like it feels very deliberate and he's it's like he's just trying just enough and it's but it's what makes i think the performance well, great. Well,
1: that scene between, you know, the
0: the next door neighbor at the hotel after should, he rapes his wife? Yeah, which is an insane yeah, who, scene. who that actor rapes we the should get his wife name. to be yeah, clear. Should, yeah. yeah.
1: We should uh Connor maybe find if you can find that Yeah, the that other actor's name. He that's, a, that's like the best scene in the movie where the guy kind of breaks Shatner down Sam he's like,
0: Griffin, I think, is the character, right? And yeah, Leo, Leo he's like Gordon, the only
1: honest guy in town, yeah, it's right, Leo Gordon
0: kind of what, but yeah, what I love I mean, is so he's like kind of, great- he's presented initially as also oh, like yeah. a like scumbag, a, right, right? Like a right. piece of shit yeah. and maybe
1: he is, right? I think you know, I think what I like about a character like that is like the movie's not really
0: letting you know, him off, he's the on the right side yeah. of
1: history, yeah. you know, okay. But he still, you know, appears to be kind of like, a, you know, a blowhard, drunk, you know, reprobate probably who, you know, happens to actually love, you know, his gal, right? But right. it's like, that doesn't, you know, there's like suggestions of abuse early in the movie, right? Like, it's he's not a perfect character. It's almost like the thing
0: helps. of, to a degree, it's almost that, like, the thing of like... You know, it it takes one to know one. Right. Where he like immediately sizes him up, sizes up Shatner and dresses him down. Right. Like and like really kind of calls him out like and it's a great that that's like a great scene. The the other scene that I would want
2: to talk about real quick is obviously the speech scene. There's a there's a horrific speech on this city on the town hall steps. It's in kind of almost Shat- the inciting incident of the movie, right. really. Yeah. exactly. It's 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 uh, Shatner's uh, racist version of "We Got Trouble" right here in River City. <laughs> yes, and, <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> it really is. Um, and uh, but I do think that uh, it's really interesting how Corman shot it. Like he knew if he advertised that they needed a crowd scene, people would come by because they want to see a film. But he also knew like we can't have Shatner saying these things to this entire crowd. Yeah. So they did all of the crowd stuff first. They shot all the crowd. Um, and as people slowly dwindled out, he like let Shatner do more and more of the speech. And finally, at about four in the morning... When there was like a minimal amount of crowd left, he let Shatner do the entire speech, which they hadn't shot. And at that point, Shatner was really hoarse. But that reminded me of something from um, Nicholas Meyer, who directed Star Trek 2 and 6 mm-hmm. and also co wrote Star Trek 4, wrote a, a great memoir of his time in Hollywood called View from the Bridge. And he said the secret to directing William Shatner is you do so many takes, you exhaust him and he stops acting yeah
0: no that's a great no (laughs) and i think that's i think that's what you're getting in that scene because that scene is terrifying it's so funny to think about shatner in those trek movies too because like he's tired he's like tired kirk right yeah and it's like why he's like better in those movies than he ever was on the show right like kind of thing it's so that's (laughs) so fascinating to to think about and the
2: one movie he's not tired in Star Trek five is the one he directed. So like, <laughs> he's like, I'm climbing a fucking God, mountain. And it's like, right. yeah, of course you are. Oh, Chat, that's man. right. He
1: directed five, five is the final frontier.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. What does God need yeah. with a starship? God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a disturbing movie. You know, it's, 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 it's disturbingly relevant, you know, it's, you know, you can watch it and be very kind of struck by,
0: it felt, like a, it felt like a Sam Fuller movie to me. Like yeah. in a, yeah. a, oh, a complimentary yeah.
1: way, like in a, like it's got some of the energy of something like the naked kiss, you know, sure, where, yeah. you know, Fuller had a way of, especially the earlier films of really kind of capturing an energy, you know, with his camera. I mean, honestly not even just it, all the films, right? Cause you and just an, like, a, like an unvarnished like energy, right, like a, a very, yeah. like a very, no, you're right. You were right about or, you know, what you said earlier, Connor, you're, it's a shame to some degree that Corman didn't do more of this stuff because he seems very capable of it. Absolutely. You don't yeah. want to take away from the other stuff, but I think you can kind of say both, right? You can kind of appreciate it's kinda, what it, he did and lament what he didn't do. When you,
0: know? you see the a clear effort that he also like put into this movie, right? right like and the swing, right. you, know, you talk about him taking a swing, like you see the effort that he put in and like, I, I do think the proof is kind of in the pudding there. Like, it's just it's a really good movie like so it's just kind of it's funny to think that like he came up in and around all these other people that went on to make shit that's as good as this right and in some cases better but like you can't help but think i think both for him and shatner it's this kind of thing where it's like if this movie hits maybe their careers are totally different right like maybe shatner doesn't do star trek like i you know like who knows like um yeah yeah. Which would be a whole weird tragedy all in its own, but it's just funny to think about. Shatner's still alive. That sucks. Anyways, <laughs>
2: but, uh, <laughs> Shatner and uh, Corbin, Do you think they ever? Uh,
1: text? No, I
2: don't think Corman wants to ha- fucking uh, yeah, hang out with I don't, William I don't Shatner. Think like. I'm you, a big fan of I Braille don't think
0: Shatner. Corman wants to really hang out with, like, anybody. Yeah, like, but, but, I mean, yeah. if you've read anything William
2: Shatner said within the last couple of years, yeah. I, yeah. I, I oh, think I it's better just not. I did. I Uh-oh. will say
0: Nicholson
1: is all over that Corman's World doc, and it is lovely to just...
0: You oh, know, yeah, they get Nicholson to cry, which you can tell. Well, you can I mean, feel behind the camera. Like, you can feel they were like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like. Well, but
1: look, I think what I like about all this stuff with Nicholson and Doc is like you can kind of see the guilt,
0: too. Yeah, sure. It's
1: that weird thing of, of just of this specific of any industry. But really, you know, with Hollywood, with movies, you know, you don't. You know, you form families and then you disperse, right? I mean, that's the way it is. And so I think Corman always was, I mean, we said it before, Corman was always over here. And then, like, Nicholson became the biggest star in the world. Yeah. And he wasn't bringing Corman in. And not that Corman was asking right. to be brought in, but it's like, you know, Corman shows up in Science of the Lambs. Jonathan Demi loved him. I was him, just going like, to say, and yeah. I think
2: that's why Demi was always
1: trying to yeah. include
2: Corman in the yeah, things. Demi, Demi, because, Demi is
1: famously like yeah. the nicest person who ever worked in Hollywood, yeah. literally. Like, I, you can't, you know, he's the Keanu Reeves of directors. <laughs> you can't find any No, you're to say breathtaking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like. You can never find anything to say a bad thing about Demi, and it's like, you know, that's made proof positive, and, you know, well, what what, what do I know? But it seems to be the case in the doc, but I like that Nicholson kind of represents, he's, like, seeming to, like, pay penance overdue. In the doc where he's like, Yeah, "I really do owe my whole career," you know, and you're yeah. like, "Yeah, well." Well, and it's interesting to it? see yeah, him in like...
0: contrast with some of the other dudes, and not that they it it's not you know they don't look bad in it, but there are like bits in that doc even with Ron Howard where he recounts you know right. conversations with Corman after Howard directed Grand Theft Auto, where where corman basically was like look like do do what i tell you now and then if if it works you don't have to work for me anymore which will be great i grand, mean if right? i'm like, being honest i it,
1: wish there was more about corman like cutting corners sure I mean, one, one thing i don't love about i don't want to like I mean, this is about corman and he was obviously a living legend but like i don't love like I never love the like. Let's celebrate this guy right. who like I know probably yeah. hated unions and like probably like there, bit, safe on set. there is a little. There is a little bit. There
0: like, is a little bit of fun stuff in the doc of people being, yeah. being like he makes exploitation movies, which means but, but, but everybody but it's, gets it's, exploited. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, but it's yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, I'm right. like, yeah,
1: it's kind of funny.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's like only funny
0: now if you went on to become. Jonathan you know, like Pam and, jokes about it yeah right, right and like right, she's a right. good
1: sport
2: and yeah. we love Pam Gure and, yeah. you know? it's funny he is one of those like I think his politics are always in the right place but he's like a do as I say not as I do yes. sort of person yeah. Yeah. But he's sure. like Absolutely. it's you know it's good for it's good for everybody the good of the people but also like uh yeah so I so I, I, I definitely... always
1: struggle with that stuff and not just about him just about with anybody where it's like the you know there are no saints you don't need to make people saints that being said that's kind of the formula and i understand it and that's okay and good for roger corman but yeah i mean the intruder going back to that it's definitely a highlight of his early career really his career in general as a filmmaker and i think you know we mentioned all the movies kind of coming off of that he kind of finds his groove makes the poe movies has a lot of success go ahead gavin sorry
2: uh, well just just before we leave the uh intruder the intruder is also a big lesson for him because it's his only film that doesn't make money right and it you know and that is and the thing the funny thing is like that he walked away from from that and he said quote i think it failed for two reasons one the audience at that time the early 60s simply didn't want to see a picture about racial integration two it was more of a lecture from the moment on I, from that moment on i thought my film should be entertainment on the surface, and." i should deliver any themes or ideas or concepts beneath the surface and it's exactly what i was saying about the student nurses where he's like listen here's my like liberal aesthetic but also like show their boobs every now and right. then like right like use yeah, the <laughs>
1: douglas cirque of driving movies
2: right sure. right, exactly. <laughs> and, and it's i think i, I was thinking about this culture wise i think a lot of culture was going that way too because like the the you brought up hammer earlier but hammer you know, their films were both sort of sophisticated and lowbrow and they start in the late fifties and their horror movies go. And by the end of the sixties and the seventies, the, the like sophistication is dropping and the lowbrow is rising. Yeah. And Corman always made films for teenagers because they knew that that was an un- an untapped audience. But I think as the 60s comes to an end, as the 70s start, you see more and more teenagers going out to the movies. And and because of that, the they don't want to see Dracula delivering a monologue. They want to see Dracula tearing open a woman's shirt right. and, you know, draining her blood while nuzzling her breasts. And I, I think that's sort of Corman was like, OK, well, yeah, I mean, as long as we put Save the Dolphins in the background, uh, you know, <laughs> the, we we can do the, the nudie musical yeah, number on the beach. Ending. I never really yeah. compromise, you know, I think. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, look, that's another thing about him that I think, I, and I think this is, I respect this, if I'm being honest, this is less of a criticism, but he was a businessman. I mean, yeah. yeah. You know what I think? He that, wasn't
2: He wasn't a businessman. He, he was, was a business, business yeah. man. <laughs> man. Yeah, and I think- Roger Corman, Jay-Z of, of the times. <laughs> As we, look, which is
1: a common parlance, and I don't think yeah. people just say it all the time. I don't credit for that. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, You know, U.W.H. Auden wrote it famously in one of his books. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So, I think I believe The Painted Veil. Um,
2: (laughs) Wow, deep, deep pull. (laughs)
1: Did he write The Painted Veil? I think he did. I don't... Actually, I think I'm wrong. I don't think he did. But, um... But I'm, che- I'm That's me typing the check. Cut
2: it, Connor. Yeah,
1: oh, no, Summer- I'm w leaving w it Summerset in. I'm leaving mom. it in. W Somerset, oh, mom W. Oh, I should have known God that too. Because I love it. mom. He wrote. I the love four- my mom. Didn't he write the? F- <laughs> I need God to call David, What did he write? <laughs> w. H. Auden. Sorry. All right, keep going. He was a poet. All right. Anyway, um, so yeah, he he finds his groove. We talked about the Wild Angels. We talked about the Poe movies. Right. He has a lot of success, and then after these successes, he kind of has a bit of a falling out with american international right and starts new world you know marries his wife and this is kind of you know the beginning of the end of his directorial career but really just the beginning of him as a producer right he like has a lot of success in the 70s it kind of goes the kind of goes sideways and you know this is covered in a lot of different mediums but you know the the one-two punch of jaws and star wars yeah, kind of end the like theatrical run of Corman in a lot of ways. He,
2: yeah, the- he was also I, I do just want to add that he was also really exhausted. He His last film, Von Richten, Von and Brown before uh, Frankenstein Unbound, um, he said was one of the most exhausting things he did because he made 50 or 60 films. With, of course, you know, he's almost like Fassbender without the coke and not dying. <laughs> and uh, the, that's the he said when they were making this movie, which was, I believe also known as the Red Baron, um, like every day driving to set, he would come to this fork in the road in Galway because they're shooting in Ireland and the fork in the road either went to the set or went to the airport out of the country. And he had to be like, (laughs) I guess I got to go to set. So like, yeah, he, he was going to take a year off and that
0: year stretched into a couple decades, essentially. And well, just speaking of Fassbender, we should note uh, he didn't distribute any of Fassbender's movies, but oh yeah, this, this is, is the good. time, and this yeah. is probably, like, I think one of the more, you know, I but, 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 like, it's a savvy move that he makes, and it's also, obviously, it's like one of his, he it, he was in turn, a, you know, a huge contribution to, like, world cinema kind of indirectly, but, like, or, I guess, or directly, depending on how you look at it, but, like, he basically pivoted New World to distributing foreign films in the 70s right so like cries and whispers like uh, uh, arm accord right like so it was just the kind they of, gave it to feline <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and so um isn't it kind of funny to think that jaws puts an end to Corman? Well, yeah, Corman releases, it's like, Corman releases, but yeah, Corman releases, releases Armacord, which, which, gets, which knocks, yeah, <laughs> it's just interesting to think about <laughs> cyclical. Yeah.
1: It's just funny how, uh, I mean, look, it's, it's, I mean, look, this is not a new thought, but it is so, f- I mean, it's so funny how he just knew where, the, he he knew what people would want to watch at a lower budget rate. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just funny now to think about what we get spoon-fed in the most diluted form now Yeah, are Corman movies. Yeah. But they're yeah. just like... Yeah, like the, uh, the know, closest for, con- for the Disney plus generation the, and the closest I mean? <laughs> contemporary like, like,
0: comp money wise would be like the Blumhouse stuff. Right. But it's still right. And I suppose, it's still at much. It's, it's sure. granted, I guess, inflation or whatever, but like it's still at a much higher echelon yeah, yeah. of budget sure. than any Corman yeah. movie ever was. Right. Like, it's
1: just so funny because it's just like, yeah, he really knew like it's like the, the you know, pay in place you know, like is, is on TV now, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, but that was a huge hit in theaters. Right. The man in the gray flannel suit, you know, that's on TV now, you know, it was called Mad Men. Right. That was a huge hit, you know, like in theaters in the sixties. Right. And it's just funny. Like that was the shit that like the adults went to go see, you Mm. know what I mean? And like the kids, you know, and the, like, near do wells you know, went to the weird theaters and the drive-ins to see the Corman movies. And now, like, all those people are just the people who go see movies. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, right. that's a great point. And the point. adults just, like, have, you know, fucking Discovery Plus or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, sure. like, a weird – it's just so funny how uh, it's changed in that way and it's, it's a whole different thing. But, yeah, so basically then, like, 20 years on, right, he gets asked – he gets offered a million dollars to come back to direct – um, Frankenstein Unbound, which is an adaptation of, uh, it's Brian Aldiss, right? The Brian Aldiss book from, I think it's 73. I'll double check myself. Yeah. Um, and Brian Aldiss, you would probably know if you listen to this podcast as the guy who wrote um, the, yeah, Brian Aldiss. He wrote the source material, uh, was called Super Toys Last All Summer Long, which would be the basis for the, speaking of Steven Spielberg, the Kubrick written and Spielberg directed. AI yeah. artificial intelligence sneaky masterpiece that it is and so all this funny those are the two his two adaptations are those two movies Frankenstein unbound and then 11 years
0: later AI kind of some weird similarities i guess just so A it's like, it's like A one little.
1: side and another side and spanning
0: um, of time and
1: you know yeah. Yeah. And uh, what do we think about Frankenstein Unbound? He he gets unbound. We should we'll so you So you, you he, picked he, this
0: one. Was it just out of sheer, like, he well, so went I away always, forever so, and he came back? No, no, no. And... Well,
1: no, no, no. It was way more aesthetic, which I feel like we was talking about. This was always a, a VHS that, like, haunted me. I mean, very it,
0: cool poster. I think
1: because it's the eye that's yeah. stitched. Yeah, cool right? poster. The way that Frankenstein stitched, yeah. which is so funny, and I love it actually because the monster design is completely different. Yeah, the right. this the, it, Nick, it, the Nick Brimble who plays the monster. Yeah, it, I actually, I, you know, I really loved it. Like yeah. I loved how different it was because even like the Brana movie comes out what three years later, right. You know, kind of a famous, you know, folly of a movie. And De Niro is the monster in that film. And he looks
0: different, too. But it's like. But a little more. I mean, he's not the obviously he's not the flat top and. Bolts yeah, in but the it's neck like an whatever, ode
1: but. to James Whale. Yeah. You know, right. The, Brimble is like totally different. It's like Brimble the, it's, is like, like, Brimble is, optical, is like Corman. Corman back. was
0: like, I love what they've done on Star Trek: Next Generation. Like it's kind of is kind, <laughs> of, is kind of, no, 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 no no I, I don't I don't cool have a problem it. with it. I I kind of agree. Like I think he's got these like he's he he looks like he's
1: it's like this he skin looks is a bit pulled. like a
0: Klingon kind yeah. of and. Uh, and he's got like these discs almost that sort of half protrude from his forehead. Right. To keep that, everything together. Yeah. That would, that would also maybe, I think that's almost like their version of like, oh, well not the bolts. Right. Like that will, right. it'll be these, which I kind of like, cause no. it's like, yeah, wouldn't you want the electricity going like directly to the brain? Right. Like in theory, yeah. you know, whatever in theory,
2: not the bolts. So, uh, universal won't sue us. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. Right.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: And so, I mean, it's a crazy plot. I don't even. It's I mean. Ba- kind of, it's, you can kind of. Okay.
0: Great. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, I can do it. It's, no, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. So, John hurts the lead. Yeah. Right? He His is, is a, scientist He's a scientist. in the future. Twenty thirty one. Yeah. Is the year? Yeah, he's basically invented an anti weapon, right? Is the idea, right? Something that can basically negate things. And can as...
0: I say, actually, a f- feels like a fairly accurate twenty thirty one. <laughs> in a, in a way, Like <laughs> well, in a world
1: of will be in a climate catastrophe. No, it's like a years. climate
0: catastrophe, like <laughs> sure. se- self driving cars, electric bicycles, sure. like. Yeah, the car's close. Right? They're just yeah. little. It's it's just one of those in terms of movies from the '90s, right? Right. Like, like what did Scott Frank the, write this? Yeah, a yeah, little. Yeah, it's it. It, it, <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't feel. Yeah. we didn't get all of it, but there's some of it that I'm like, no, yeah, I don't know. And so basically, it's,
1: yeah. yeah, he he got paid to make a weapon. He made an anti weapon. People are mad about it, but in the chaos of trying to make the weapon or or the non weapon in this case, he like causes a risk rift in the time continuum that like, you know, renders itself in, in, in the real world as like a weather event, right. Yes. Where, yeah. where it causes a rift in time and space. And so it's literally sucking. This is what's funny. It's like, it's sucking people into it. So like ostensibly, like many people are getting
0: thrown well, to the time. And there's there. a, there's a moment, <laughs> and, where, like, there's <laughs> yeah, a moment where like, there's a moment where like literally like a, uh, like a Mongolian soldier, or whatever, right. like, falls like, from the sky yeah. at yeah. John Hurt. And there was a moment where I kind of, like, this movie, and I don't know if the if all of it's in the book, but it is one of those things where I'm like, oh, it has so many ideas. Because well, I, could, yeah. I could watch a whole this, movie right, about we time about. weather. you know like yeah, I
1: mean, And look, Corman, you know, our first movie, right? Not of this earth. I mean, has a little bit of this, right? I think, you know, and this is not his source material. Obviously, this is the oldest book. But so basically... Buchanan gets sucked into his own vortex, right? And yeah. he winds up conveniently, 1817... <laughs> 1817? Is that what it is? I think it is. Right? Switzerland. Yes, correct. And yes. Yeah. Yes. Literally um, winds up at a bar. Very kind of takes it all in stride. Just yeah, like, really? Oh, take, John Hurt
0: takes it like a champ. He's just like, the totally like, nowhere, yeah, okay, Switzerland. Sure.
1: Okay, you're, your car, you're telling me? It's, he's with his car, his smart car, his night Rider oh, car. Yeah. And he... um he like saunters into a bar with his cool watch and just like grabs a seat up next to Raul Julia, who happens to yeah. be Dr. Victor Frankenstein and his brother's just been mauled and killed. And the nanny's been accused of the murder. Right. But we know that Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein knows that his creation actually killed his brother. The nanny's on trial for the murder. Nobody's saying anything. Buchanan goes to the trial. There's a, Nifty woman taking notes it's 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 uh, about to be famous Bridget Fonda and she is Mary Shelley who at the time is right. still Mary Wollstonecraft Wollstonecraft and um they get on like gangbusters the poor girls executed. Spoiler alert! Nobody does anything about it, which is insane. By the way, that just happens. Like that's just like such a B plot. Where like, am kid, I it's wrong?
0: Like, though doesn't that do
1: happen it. in and the book like, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, yeah, they yeah.
2: they it it still has to. I think the fun thing that you're like kind of skating over. Oh no, is I was that, gonna
1: get to it, but please, sit, well, please well do I was it. just
2: gonna say that John Hurt never once bats an eye at the fact that like not only has he time traveled, he's moved into. Fiction, like, but, but also mind. the but also <laughs> but the, also real, the world real
1: world, world. that, right. that right. fiction it's was crazy. created in. Cause right, because it's the Byron, it, you know, Shelley house is still right. there where they're the, writing the book.
0: The closest comp I could think of, and I mentioned this to Dan before we started recording. I did love it. I um, I did love that it. I think is. I, Accurate is this it this movie has strong time after time energy. And if you oh, dirty, it, yeah. if, if you don't know Time After Time, listener, you should Good watch movie. it. Malcolm McDowell. Kind of a fun spooky season movie, too. Fun. Like it, yeah, it kind of fits, yeah. Uh, but it's basically what Jack the Ripper counts as, yes, spooky right, season, right. It's a and it's a very and cool well, isn't movie. It a,
1: isn't it our, our lovely Mary Steen version? Is it's the, Mary Steen, Mary version. Steen version. And Malcolm
0: McDowell, Malcolm <laughs> HG Wells, and, and David, David Warner, and David David Warner. Warner as, is, the, as the Rupert, the uh, yeah. big is, is it, well not so really oh, yeah i was of. gonna say it doesn't you kind of find it in the beginning basically yeah i
1: always think of that reveal but the later plot the of that movie is basically
0: yeah. hg wells is not only hg wells but he also has in real life right. invented a time machine right Love and, it. Jack, and unfortunately
2: he's friends with jack the yes, river <laughs> and is
0: also friends with jack the river so it's sort of like like this movie almost just adds the slight extra layer of like There's a fictional character walking around as if real to the point where, like I said this to Dan, like if I'm John Hurt, weirdly, if that's the first person I meet and I've been thrust into something that is maybe throwing me into a different dimension, you know, or whatever, like I get why he takes it in stride because he's a scientist. Right. So like if he knows that these are potential consequences, I do believe that maybe he would be like, well, look. I always knew that maybe this might happen, right? Like, so there is like a little. There was always a chance. Yeah, right. Like, I kind. He's kind of. He's a cool customer, so I kind of. I do buy that he would take it in stride, but if I am in fucking Geneva in eighteen seventeen and I go up and some guys like, I'm Victor Frankenstein, I would not be like, oh, I'm in Geneva. I'd be like, oh, I got teleported into. Frankenstein, Mary Shelley's like yeah. I, I got page mastered basically. Like, um, yeah. So it is this weird like hat on a hat plot. That said, I do agree with you, Dan. I think it is at the end of the day a mechanism for a very silly but very fun. It's movie. a fun movie. I think Jason yeah. Patrick gives the worst Insan- performance insane. I've ever seen on a film. He gets which his own. Fun. He I gets love- he gets his own screen credit. I love uh, Jason Patrick, but truly. His his Byron, is his, like he plays Lord Bi- Byron,
2: and Byron's Be- hard man. Byron, sure. cha- c- canonically chaotic bisexual
0: Lord sure. Byron, like sure. is the movie just... leans into it too, which is yeah. which I appreciated. As they should, yeah, yeah. It's, they... He basically shows up yeah. and like Hurt shows up at 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 the estate, and. Percy Shelley's there. Mary Shelley's there. And you basically are almost immediately introduced to the notion like, Oh yeah, we just were a throuple. Like we just, yeah, we right. Yeah. yeah we like this is just what we do. And I, I did
1: c- love the bridge of Fonda line. It's like, they preach free love. I practice it. Right. Or whatever. Yeah, no, the, whatever it's, I, I, I,
0: I liked, I liked all that. We, I Uh,
2: we did our last Halloween episode was a Frankenstein and film episode because I, lo- I love Frankenstein. I mean, there's about five copies of Frankenstein on that bookshelf behind me. Um, just different versions of it. Uh, and I a, do think this poster it's the best behind me. So like maybe the I, best
1: book ever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a it's, personal it's, favorite.
2: Yeah. It's yeah. absolutely amazing. Um, and there's just a spate of these like weird um mary shelley's there but also the monster is there movies that come up in the in the 80s they're true i mean because there's gothic which is less like leans less into that sure, but, gothic, but like right but it has those and then there's the i can't think of the full name of it but it's something to do with summer and whatnot Wait, and no, that gothic,
1: which one is gothic it's like
2: it's gothic um, is the is ken um ken russell Ken Russell, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, and yeah. it's got Julian Sands in it as right, well, right? That's um, what it is. Bare yes. naked on on top of uh, uh, sh- uh, on top of uh Lord Byron's house. Gabriel Byrne,
0: right? Gabriel right. Byrne, yeah, yeah. Oh, Byrne. I gotta, I gotta uh, watch yeah. this fucking movie. Yeah, oh, so yeah. It's, oh, it's just real amazing. Quick, it's,
1: it's Natasha Richardson is Mary Shelley, Julian Sands is Shelley, you know, the husband. personal <laughs> and yeah. Byron is is uh is Gabriel Byrne and Ken Russell, yeah wow yeah i gotta watch this movie Hell yeah. and
2: then and then of course there's mary shelley from from what was it 2017 with l fanning, Elle fanning. And, um the, i just i wish i could remember the name of the summer one uh but that one like actually does involve the monster um like killing her friends and whatnot the uh haunted summer haunted summer is Ooh. haunted summer yeah and and that one's like Eric Stoltz and Alice Krieg and uh Alex Kr- Krieger as I've just recently found yeah, 1988. out 1988
1: and Laura Dern oh. Dern um, young Dern Claire Claremont uh,
2: who is uh Mary Shelley's younger sister yeah um,
1: Alice Kr- Krieger is yeah, Creeca,
2: I, I just recently found out that that's how you pronounce her name, even though because as a Star Trek nerd, like she's the board. Alex Queen. Winters, eh. in this movie. and then there's Rowing with the Wind, there's another one too, and that's like Hugh Grant and Lizzie McKierney and Elizabeth Hurley. It's where Hugh Grant and Elizabeth Hurley met, and so there's all is he these. Byron? Like,
0: he feels like he'd be Byron.
2: Oh, uh, Hugh Grant is Byron, yeah, yeah of, course. Of, course. of course. Oh, <laughs> you know what's funny? You know who directed
1: uh, this is interesting actually, um. Ivan Passer directed Haunted Summer, who directed a great underrated movie seven years prior called Cutter's Way. Oh, oh yeah. I know Cutter's yeah, Way, Cutter's which Way is uh, fucking great. Originally called Cutter and Bone, which is
2: John Hurt and Jeff Bridges. Yeah, that movie, that movie is, great. is great. Yeah. Great. John movie. Hurt
0: is fucking so good. John Hurt, man. Yeah.
2: I wanna I wanna get us back on track. So, <laughs> so yeah, he meets he meets Mary Wollstonecraft. Um she's fucking everybody.
1: Uh, yes. yeah no i mean that's basically it right then it becomes just a version of the frankenstein story kind, right? of, then it's,
0: kind right. of yeah yeah it sort of I mean, starts it, to
1: f- it becomes that because they end in the ice right yeah and it's and i thought that stuff Ra- Ra- was julia, cool like they, has there ever been a better looking person
2: i Raul julia i just i cannot say good good enough things yeah, about Raul julia great a
0: great victor frankenstein
2: i think Great. yeah uh and and i think knew what sort of movie he was yes. and like this is this is a m bison level yes. performance yes. and like Absolutely. i think a lot of people make fun of how heightened he is as m bison no, that's Street a perfect, Fighter. that's but, a
0: perfect performance right yeah. i think
2: i think he knows what he movie. Knows. like he's yeah. like we're making a fucking video game it was where a I'm Tuesday. literally a dictator yeah. like yeah
0: <laughs> My name is yeah. M Bison. Like, no, truly, like...
1: truly, somebody who we obviously lost way too soon, and I think yeah, was one of those people who just point to any performance. Yeah, right? if you like, see wow. his
0: name in the credits, you're in for yeah. the you're in for the good yeah. stuff. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and he's
1: very supporting in this, and I think he's great, and I think he's very kind of he plays Frankenstein um, as really a unlikable guy. You know what I mean? And I think, yeah. but because it's Julia. And he would do this a lot, right? I think this is something he did a lot. Even if he's the lawyer and in presumed innocent, right? I think right. he does he's it so in that, right? good. Like, in, you yeah. know, I'm going to be a Cretan, but because I'm, I look the way I look and I sound the way I sound, you're going to root for me a little bit, right? And I think he was smart about that. And so I think. Um, it works really well you know him and hurt play each other it's funny to see hurt in a lead role i like it it's like a fun and it's just, kind of very weirdly, he's Like really overplaying the material yeah. or like maybe underplaying is the right word like yeah. he's like playing it very
0: straight very straight he's like yeah i which when i find I, kind of I was expecting when i saw the credits right like when we were diving into this i was like i was like oh john hurt and ral like oh this is i just expected them to like out eat the scenery of each other you know like Right, like around each other, just gives the movie away. No, and it's kind of smart, I think, that he does that. Yeah, Um, he's got his like talking head suit on the whole time, you know, or whatever. But, um, (laughs) but truly, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it kind of loses. And then it basically
1: has a Back to the Future ending, which I loved because it came out after Back to the Future, where he's just like, "All right, we're gonna." marty we're yeah. gonna take the castle and make it a conductor so yeah. that my machine can start and I'm yeah. like, you know you know it's like okay it, and i did and yeah and I, he I,
2: destroys the future <laughs> essentially though right oh, yes. like, yeah. Holy yeah. yeah yeah well yeah. The, yeah. so
1: here's what i wanted to ask you guys what actually happened like i kind of at the end, they don't like, really tell you but the the because it presupposes that like the technology buchanan invented is what persists. turns the
0: is what turns the the world that he goes into right into like so the he desolate already, wasteland. he already fucked it up yes correct he like right. fucked it up left and then while he was and it remained gone, fucked up jump because right. he
1: basically blows up the castle and in the process teleports him um him frankenstein the monster and frankenstein's bride to be elizabeth who's now becoming the bride of the monster bride of yes. Fr- or blah, blah blah whatever to this ice Version of the future, right?
0: Right, which, like like you said, is meant to evoke
1: to the yeah, the book. It's it's meant to
2: evoke the tundra. Yeah, I remain.
1: I, I, I just he uh, pulls
2: the ash from the British version of Army of Darkness. I slept too long, yeah. Basically, basically. I, um, I, I just it just reminds me that I'll always just love that
1: brought of me the most, the most honest adaptation of the book which is just that fucking guy's a wild man
2: um but um yeah and it ends in the ice and he like he made the clear, most honest adaptation but he was also like but what if he's Dr Frankenstein didn't wear a shirt yeah. yeah for most of <laughs> what it what if Frankenstein
1: was a hottie right exactly
2: yeah. like, you know how everybody is in like period clothing what if my period of clothing was
1: leather? leather pants it's truly <laughs> yeah that movie
2: is if anybody If an alien,
1: someone not of this earth, will say, came down and was like, What is ego? He'd be like,
0: Well, can I show you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. uh, And then, like, the weird irony. Yeah. The weird irony that he calls it Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Right. Exactly. The
1: the, the fucking, the gall of it is like, Then he proceeds to make the most Shakespeare movie ever made. It's
0: Kenny's Frankenstein. You know what I mean? It's KB's. Like, there's, there's about
2: one half of Kenneth Branagh movies that are great. And then there's another half of Kenneth Branagh movies. that are just yeah, that the works. whole
1: thing with his Frankenstein
0: yeah. is like Coppola
1: ended up hating Brana so much,
0: yeah, he abandoned the whole idea. Well, like Kenneth Branagh uh, canceled the Dark Universe before before the Mummy canceled yes. the Dark Universe yes. years Bra- later. Bra- like Bram
1: Bra- like, Dr- Stoker's Dracula was a, enough of a success; it wasn't a huge hit, but it was enough of a success. That there was this idea of like kind of these like nouveau riche gothic renderings right. kind of in this new sheen, you know, Coppola, blah, 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 whatever. So like Brana was hot. They made they, they would made have put the author's title in
0: all of them. You know it would have been H. Right. G. Wells, sure. The Invisible Man. Right, and like, that right. was the exactly. plan.
1: Yeah. They were going to do all these movies. And Brana like pissed Kaplow off so much, and like you know, because that movie didn't even do that bad. But I think it was such a debacle that Kaplow's like, no, Not worth it. Life's too short. Sure. I'll go. I'm going to go make, make wine. Done. I'll yeah. be back.
2: I'm going to go make wine, and occasionally I'll make a movie
1: on a green Boy, screen or something. But that what I love about his Hamlet, only like three years later, is it's like the Francis Ford couple of like apocalypse now version of hamlet he's just like like, we're just gonna do he did it in the book do it twice no do it pay for it three times do it twice do it again and you're like all right it's gonna be four plus hours he's like make it fucking five hours i don't care you're like all right ken all right ken cool and it's a great movie but anyway so Any last thoughts on Unbound? So, so, okay, so Corman's last movie he directed, right? He obviously... I I don't know if he still produces movies, but up until the last 10 years, he's been producing movies pretty on... Pretty, you know, pretty, like... He's on set. He's, like, working him and his wife, you know, up until at least very recently. Um, Are there any kind of... Like, I guess my thought is, like, I think it's a nice last directed movie. I feel like 30 years later, you... uh, You got to look at Frankenstein Unbound with some sort of fondness, right? It kind of feels... I I
0: will say this. I think it... um, And I didn't do the... I didn't like do the inflation adjustment or whatever, right? It costs $11 million, right? And I think not on like
1: well i 9. guess 9.5 9.5 of that went to jason patrick which right, is right
0: right 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 especially it went to jason patrick's solo screen <laughs> credit <laughs> two oh, scenes it went to his chin uh so no it, it it's just funny to think like it you know it looks it looks like an expensive tv movie right which Is probably also like we should say the like the latter part of his career then turned into like he was producing movies for the sci-fi channel. Right. 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 and so
2: oh you mean like dino shark right dino croc versus yeah, super right, gator right right camel and spiders which, from
0: 2011
2: like, no, But we should say hamel spiders is underrated no, well, see here's seen. the thing camel spiders this is five hour adaptation sure. of William shakespeare's camel, camel spiders, spiders. <laughs> sure
1: not a lot of people talk about camel spiders because it's late period right shakespeare exactly wrote it <laughs> when he got back with anne that's, hathaway and that's right. one of the yeah.
0: histories that's one of the shakespeare histories yes yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> (laughs)
1: Weirdly, it's also one of his sonnets, which people never talk
0: about. That's strange.
2: (laughs) The the Saint Spider's Day speech. (laughs) Oh, my God. Rousing. Act five. Oh, dear me,
1: brethren.
2: Camel spiders Um. gather. (laughs)
0: Uh. Uh. (laughs) Well, that's Frankenstein. This this man produced Um, that. Yeah. (laughs) uh No, I just it's uh, it's interesting because it's to to me like that. It feels I, I agree that it's a nice kind of a nice fitting end to his directorial career, but kind of poetically in my mind. Because well, this thing the of, of lines, like
1: reminds me, you know how like you know how like George Lucas and Spielberg and Coppola like helped Kurosawa make Dreams, right? 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 And like you know, there's a couple other examples, right? Where it's like they would, you know. They would reach out to their idols and try to help them make the last great movie Thing, right yeah, yeah, and yeah. i think you yeah. get a little of that with this right not necessarily in that respect no, and but I, it feels I, like that for But Corman. i think like,
0: poetically it does reflect yeah. it does reflect like what came before yeah it reflects what came before and also it it solidifies like what the world is at the time like what the economy is at the time that he's making the movie in, right because he's like yeah it's almost like he's like well 11 million that's more than i would make a movie for but it's more than they make these other it's more than they make these other or it's less than they make these other movies for so you you can almost feel the calculus of like yeah that's still kind of a core in budget right like
1: see the economy like he walks into the same part of quote unquote switzerland like that same alleyway like Three. Separate it comes time. off you know, like, the, the meanest like,
0: way I would say it is like it comes off as like a really intense wishbone episode. Um, <laughs> that's pretty mean. That's, that's pretty I, mean. Yeah, but I do no, know, but I do like the movie. It's no, just, yeah, it, no, that, so that's I, kind yeah. of its pr- production value energy in certain parts. Um, no, and like the, the cast is lovely. Yeah, I think it's,
1: it's just. It's I think just that, just that is weirdly. Cast. I think
0: that is sort of the strong suit, which is interesting yeah. because that that's kind of always been his strongest suit when the movies yeah. are good, yeah, which is like one y- well, look, Bridget Fonda wasn't,
1: you know, I mean, look, it's Peter Fonda's what da- daughter, right? Like, yes. Yeah. So like there's that connection, which is fun, you know, in that respect, but like, you know, she wasn't a star, right? You know, Jason Patrick, sure. He'd been in solar babies. He'd been in the lost boys, but he was still up and coming, you know, you know, there's, you know, raw Julia is the, him and John hurt are the,
0: Biggest uh, stars. Yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah yeah. And yeah and so it's just that, that I, that's why I think it's interesting in terms of what came before cuz it's reflective of like look if if the backdrop looks like it's painted it doesn't matter but if I have Vincent Price in front of it like it's going to be great right yeah. and like that's yeah. kind of I think what's happening here uh so yeah I think definitely worth a watch the the you can find all of these movies on YouTube by the way uh which is kind of nice so yeah, that they're very accessible, and I will say actually the YouTube, the one that's on YouTube right now of Frankenstein Unbound is like the pretty good, good quality, qual- like very it's, good, yeah. very good quality. Um, it's in HD. Yeah,
1: you can't really find it elsewhere, right? Can you get a DVD of Frankenstein Unbound right now? Perhaps I, I like. Really really <laughs> I couldn't really find it. I've not tried. Yeah, look, I mean, just one of these guys where it's like. It's hard to overstate his importance. It's just crazy. It's like when you look at like, I mean, there's so many, you can't even begin to name the careers, right? Like yeah. it's just incomprehensible, right? Like, you know... um am I wrong about this like Fincher right wasn't the, no yeah like, we can, like, I mean
0: we can we can kind of you take, know what I mean like yeah. like my
1: point is just even people who are like not even remotely done making movies right like you know Scorsese every movie he you makes you're kind of like oh my god is he going to get to make another right but it's like Fincher's not even close to done right like you know you, right. you know it's like you have people who are you know, working in this day, you have people who, you know, Tarantino never worked with him because he got a later start and he's younger. But like idolizes, you know, what Idle, I mean? yeah, it's I like, was
2: going to say complete reverence. You know, yeah, yeah. And I believe so pre- much Corman presented in him
1: in his, his mood. Yeah, with with, uh, with honorary his Oscar. honorary it's like, Oscar. Yeah. You know, like you know, Carradine playing Bill is fucking directly right. from you know. Yeah, the show Kung Fu, but also from Carradine being in Boxcar Birth. Uh, but yeah, even, it's, you know, I mean, it's the list isn't, movies.
0: you know, it's Bogdanovich, James Cameron, Coppola, Joe Dante, And also Corman just Jonathan being a Denny, good friend,
1: like, like, like P- Polly Platt talking about how, she, you know, he reached out when she was, you know, after, you know, she went through her divorce and like Carradine basically saying in that documentary, like when I was having down years, you know, Roger would call me and put me in a movie. And, like, literally, that movie that Carl Frank, one of the Carl Franken movies from 1989, yeah, that movie Nowhere to Run stars David Guarantee. And I guarantee you, that's Corbin being like, Yeah, Yo. David, you need some work. I got a movie shooting in Mexico, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, You're right, he, he seemed like, for all the you know, whatever the like cutting corners that we, you know, I referenced earlier, he did seem like a seem still alive, a genuinely good soul, right? Like, a guy who was com- a compassionate guy, you know, and I think. That should really be lauded, and I think that never gets enough attention, especially in this kind of ugh, this kind of industry of just I don't even know. I don't even know. Not great people all the time. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that's it. I mean, I you know I think it's obviously an appropriate Halloween subject, but just a dude who figured it it's out. He's a good guy. Yeah. Figured it out just kind of stuck to his guns. You got to give him respect for that. I would have loved to have seen like one 50 million dollar Corman movie.
0: You know. Yeah. I'm I mean, curious as that, to what it would look like. Yeah, like that's what I, mean, I feel right? like, it's like I feel like he he also seems like it's kind of weird that I mean he's old, right? So that's different. I suppose it's different, but like it is sort of weird that he and unfortunate that he stopped directing again because it's like it's the kind of thing of like, oh yeah, you probably could direct the shit out of movies in the digital era. Like, do you know what I mean? Like like Yeah. He he could yeah. like Corman could probably find a way to make a movie for like, you know, fucking he he could do the he could have done the Blumhouse thing, right? Like like insofar as like he, well, that, he probably when, could have when, made you, a six million dollar movie that would make twelve million. You know what I mean? Like kind yeah. of that. when you were talking about earlier when you were talking
2: about him as a producer and the, the first thing that came to mind was blumhouse but then i was like also roger corman knows not to drop like 400 million on the exorcist
0: IP. yeah and, so and like, i think when i reference the, blumhouse i'm more so referencing like blumhouse 10 years ago kind yes, of thing where yep, it's like yep. the ethos very what was very corman-esque of like I mean, the boy next door
2: is a roger corman film it, it, <laughs> well, it, it was, truly it, it, is it's so
1: funny that you just said that because i was literally thinking jason blum has talked about how hard it was making the boy next door because right. that what's his name the the terrible person the rob, who, Cohen. rob Cohen is like Cohen. a famously yeah. not good person but Rob Cohen directed the boy next door and Blum spent the whole time basically being like rob we do not have the budget to do all the things Right. That you're used to doing in all your studio movies, because we Cohen don't have like, the
0: budget for a first edition of the Iliad, <laughs> oh, the Odyssey, Is it the Odyssey, yeah. or the Iliad. No, it's the Iliad. It's, okay. the, Iliad. <laughs> it's right, the Iliad. You're right. You're right. <laughs>
1: yeah. And um, it's, it's a first edition. Oh, shit. It's so just written on parchment. Agamemnon um, wrote this. Who wrote,
0: who wrote those books? But no, any. I guess any final thoughts.
1: No, I don't. I wish I. I wish I mean the Poe movies are good. The ones I've seen, yeah, they really are. In great. terms of other recommendations, I mean, are there other Corman wrecks? I mean, you know, the early Pam Greer movies are wild.
0: Yeah, yeah. Are incredibly wild. One Certainly. of the only ones I've seen or is is, uh, is the Arena. Have you guys seen the Arena? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah I like, did. Well, uh, that was we talked about that. I what's think the that one actually made Cage. Got...
1: What? What? Not the Birdcage, but it's oh the... the
2: um the Big Bird House, the or big, big Bird Cage. The one that I've yeah seen. Big yeah. Bird Cage. Yeah. Because there's like the a lot I, I watched so many of those for our Pam Greer episode and like the the quality vacillates wildly. Oh, yes. But yes. it's also fun when she gets. Re- I mean, the the is that the big Bird Cage is the first one with her and Sid Haig, right? I think so. And I that, that so. also has some kind of shitty homophobia in it. And but also like everything it has, you know, it hates women. It hates people of color. But uh but they're so good in it like once the once she's sort of figured out what everything is um yeah she you i mean
0: she's just such a star
2: yeah and that brings it back to what we were saying about corman he knew
0: yeah, yeah. he just he, he he knew what worked on screen and i think that's I, I i think that's the stuff that becomes most apparent in his well-directed movies like i was mentioning before that you're just kind of like Oh, he like outside of just being a shrewd businessman, right? Like he, he knew what made a good movie, right? Like in his as, get, look, in his as bones. As Kenneth
1: Brana said
0: in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein,
1: <laughs> Roger Corman knows good talent. Famous line.
0: I think that's um, a I think that's a great line to end on. Um, Gavin,
2: where remind people mixed reviews. Where can people find you? Um, well, I I also did just want to say by the way, I kind of hope that Roger Corman never dies but that's yes. the, let's you all you know fingers crossed knock on wood yes, knock um uh you can find me i'm so i co-host this great podcast called the Mix reviews that actually just recently joined the glitter jaw queer podcast collective so you can check that's out right. their entire oh, spate great. of podcasts um it's nice to like belong to something sure. uh because you know doing po- i mean you guys have the film stage sure. and and yeah. uh, like kind of floating there out in the ether for five years is kind of uh, and it's been nice and we've built it up you know there's lots of people that we're friends with but it's nice to like belong to and they have a great spate of podcasts um including gimmicks which is about tv shows uh, they have a new one called are you my mother they have a new one about godzilla called Screonk. Um, like and, and yeah it's a, it's they're just great people over there and i really love them but you can find the mix reviews on any um major podcast app or on apple spotify stitcher uh, stitcher doesn't exist anymore apple spotify google uh, amazon um and gramophone fi- gramophone the uh, Gram- <laughs> we're we're on uh instagram we're on threads and blue sky were on twitter for however long it lasts my space uh, you should, you know. um, i myself no longer have a personal twitter i smartly deleted it mm, i think you should all follow suit but that's me uh what are you but talking yeah, about it's a great f- place
0: to be it's great. that's
2: <laughs> the best <laughs> but if you want to find me for whatever reason and i don't know i mean what is your deal you can find me at gavin mev <laughs> on uh, instagram
1: i'm looking at all these other uh Pods on the glitter jaw. It's cool. It's what yeah, a they do a good s- name
0: for that Godzilla podcast. I love. Oh my that. god! And the Gimmy, they, they d-
1: you said falling with style and ongoing Pixar movie marathon. Cool, cool, cool. Star Star
2: Wars podcast. You gotta have one. You gotta have one. The, I I'm thinking about starting. I haven't even approached them with. I'm thinking about starting a side project. I will let you folks know.
0: I think you would both be very interested. Ooh, okay. And in, uh, hearing about it. I love uh, that. But yeah. So. That's cool, man. Yeah.
1: Well, congrats. thank you,
0: as usual, joining us in our annual Halloween celebrations. Uh, we, I, we I couldn't say no to my beautiful boys, <laughs> my boys, my, my babies. boys, um, <laughs> my <laughs> sewer boys. <laughs> Dan, you, you, uh, where can people find oh, you? Oh
1: man! So, if you are in Pittsburgh um, <laughs> Just make a left off, off the high I think it's exit 21 I have, a, I have 21.
2: an opera recommendation for you Dan oh, Mecca when, excited that about show, that, when the show when the show ends I
1: was texting with Kevin about going down the opera rabbit hole which is yeah, not for know, our I, listeners
0: I look, though because they don't fucking like I, that they shit. don't fucking yeah. care i read though, the times you know what get though.
2: fucking cultured you fucks <laughs> no, you know, like, i mean not, you i'm sorry we just, got, just get, got the mixer i know creeps. you were gonna tell our
0: listeners to get <laughs> fucked
1: <laughs> Get <Right now>. fucked. <laughs> no but i uh i went down the rabbit hole on uh was it kate what's her name kate rope not roper
0: something uh, uh f- what is Goper? her name? Not oh, Goper. God. Goper. Anyway, Soper?
1: Soper. That's what it is. Yes. She has a new opera, so I was I was diving into the rabbit hole of her older work. Where can people I was find texting you? texting about it. <laughs> DJ Mecca. DJ Mecca. Great. DJ On Twitter and Blue Sky? Yeah.
0: Oh, that's it. Uh, and you'll have some Fathom Stories coming up, so that'll be <laughs> yes, cool. Yes, hopefully. Yeah. Yes, if you're listening. Yes. Check, check that those. out at check, Fathom check, Stories. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on social media, on Twitter and other places. Uh, You can find this podcast on social media at TFS B-Side. If you like what you've heard, please do rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, Coming up, uh, we will truly be getting into our uh, audience choice stuff. We also have an episode coming up with Brian Raftery about Vietnam War movies. So that'll be coming up next. But... We'll will be uh we'll be getting to Daniel Day Lewis in no time as well. Oh, yeah. So so that'll be very cool. Maybe some stars and bars in your future. Yeah. Um, Definitely stars and bars, so yeah, yeah so <laughs> keep keep a lookout for that. Uh thank you as usual for listening. And thank you above all, obviously, to our special featuring guest, Jason Patrick, as Byron.
1: And now you're listening to the B-side.